Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Hey, what's rule number one? What's rule number one? Party. No, not party. No, it's not party. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 255. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Aaron, do you like like things that are sharp? No, absolutely not. I'm only allowed to have spoons. I'm in the same way. Right. But if you were interested in something sharp, if would you like I it was, for free? If I was allowed to, yes. I would love a really sweet pocket knife. If it was free, would you like it even more? Hell yes. Well, if you like that, go to marketingandaxontire.com. They'll send you a free Alliance-branded pocket knife that you can, you know, whatever you, whatever you sheep farmers do with knives. And your choice know. of R1, R1W, right. R2, R3, or R4. R4. Just yep. kidding. They're all the same knife. They're all the same knife. Or you could do it in metrics. They could be metric sizes yeah. at the same time. Right. So instead of like 14.9, whatever, you're going to go with like yeah. 520. I got like a you know. 320, 85, 92. Right. Right. How long is that blade? How long is that blade? It's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> About yay? Seven <laughs> centimeter? I don't know. <laughs> seven? It's one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so if you're interested in that pocket knife, go to marketing at axontire.com. Give them your details. Tell them the Moving Iron Podcast sent you. You need a free pocket knife sent to you for free, including shipping. So free. that's awesome. Outstanding. All right. If you like that, I'm going to go ahead and hit this button real quick, though. Perfect. Right on. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. Right on. No matter how you buy your your ag equipment, if you buy it at a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Aaron, how you been, bud? I'm fantastical. It is nice. Yeah. It is nice. It's a nice... Uh, Nice uh, cold March day. We got some snow on the ground. We we got um, our classic March snow. We did. We did. missing a couple feet, but we did get some March feet. snow. I'm I'm afraid that's going to come though. I'm afraid we're going to get that that 25 inches of whatever. I'm I'm and waiting, waiting with bated breath. Bated breath. That's exactly right. So, and then I got we got a you know the whole snowmageddon thing. Yeah. 
fight people for toilet paper and all that yes. stuff. It's a whole thing. Let's do it. It's a whole thing. So this week we have a. Uh, I, I would I would classify this as a, as a non-traditional guest. Yeah. Right. A, a spe- I mean, very special guest. Yeah. It's 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 one of those people that we've had in the past. Uh, never guess. I'm say that. We've never had this person in the past. You know, typically in the Moving Iron podcast, we've only had dealers, dealers from a Ma- major, major line dealer, right. right? So we are fortunate to have Rob Randall from Randall Brothers on on the podcast here. So Rob, how you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing, man? Good. It's great. It's really great. So Rob, man, appreciate you taking time to come on the podcast. Um, big fan of what you guys are doing over there. I think you have a, a unique um, business model when it comes to your approach you know you're you, you you buy a lot of used equipment you sell a lot of used equipment but you also have some some short lines that kind of play in that so so talk a little bit about randall brothers what that is what your kind of thought process is and and you know how you ended up to where you're at today um well we basically just deal strictly in used equipment uh i mean we've we've never dealt in new equipment we, we do sell a couple a few short lines like you spoke about but mm-hmm. uh no, just strictly used. Dad started back in the uh, mid-70s. He began out, uh, you know, selling, actually selling dual wheels, rims and tires and so on and so forth. But, you know, back in the 70s, there was lots of different options you went for for that. And that's how he got started. And it just kind of slowly grew. And um, in the late 90s and early 2000s, my oldest brother, Ryan, and my middle brother, Scott, uh, they got out of we all got out of high school and uh just we all wanted to sorry somebody's beeping in here um we all wanted to farm we all loved to trade we all loved equipment and uh it we we all stayed home on the farm and just kind of took off from there and never never really even thought about doing anything else it's the only thing we know how to do so <laughs> right <laughs> we're not right. capable to go do anything else right i i completely understand that sentiment buddy yeah <laughs> But no, we, like I said, we just strictly deal in used. We try to acquire it anywhere we can. We, uh, you know, obviously try to have relationships with dealers, buy excess inventory, which there's not a whole lot of that these days. Um, in the past, it's been a lot different, but, you know, excess inventory or trade-ins that they don't want to inventory or don't want to put on their lot or auctions or farmers selling out or just, uh, just anywhere we can possibly find it. And, uh, get it back in here and just try to sell it for a profit and try to make a lot of make a little on a lot and move forward right right on exactly and you guys farm quite a little too right rob (laughs) oh we yeah we farm i mean i i guess it depends what you call a lot but you know there's there's four of us so when you divide it up it's not near what everybody thinks it is so yeah exactly (laughs) All right, so, so kind of the primary focus of this this uh, portion of the podcast is it's called boots on the ground, and, and and the idea of the boots on the ground segment is we're going out to people that are uh, out working every day, uh, trying to make, trying to figure out how how this whole thing works. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. So this is the cool part about this podcast, man. So this is when we sit down and talk about what's happening in the marketplace, right? This is things that people don't see happening. And you brought up what I want to talk to you about right now, Rob. So if you look at a guy like you, where you're at, and what and, and how your operation is working, auctions is a key part of the used equipment business. As you take a look what's happening right now in the auction market, talk to me a little bit about what you see happening and what your 
kind of what's the best way to put it your your opinion of, of what's going on out there uh, well it's i mean it's it's very wild it's crazy yeah. i mean you see things happening that you've never seen before and i mean i'm you know obviously when i talk to dad he uh, you know he, he's been in a lot lo- longer than i have and a lot of peers a lot of people that you work with and alongside with they they say they've never seen things like this so sure enough obviously people our age definitely have never seen it but it just the market keeps climbing and it just doesn't seem to slow down. You see one thing one week, and a week later it's even higher, and a week after that it's higher. And it's it's complicated to find it. It's <laughs> yes. complicated oh. to buy it. It's impossible to get it bought for what you think is a good deal. Right. And you basically just take it home and cross your fingers and hope it works. I guess <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, but, no, it does make perfect sense because if you look at a lot of the auction values right now. If you look month over month over month. What you thought was a dumb purchase last month, just because of the way things appreciated, you might have actually made five or six percent on it. <laughs> right. You know, what I mean, it's, it's there's there's a lot of movement in the market right now that that is unprecedented because it, it really just comes down to, especially when it comes to tractors, you don't you have no idea what that volume is going to look like month over month. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rob, when you look at tractors right now, like. How how are you how are you approaching that right? I mean, how, how are you going out and having that conversation with with either people you're buying stuff from or people you're selling stuff to? Especially like eight R's or right. late model magnums, right? Oh, it's I mean, it's very tough. I mean, it's I've you know, ever I mean, I think everybody in the country is needing late model big horsepower tractors right now, and they just can't get their hands on them. And right, I mean, I you know, a, a lot of people. Some people, you can't even get them to price them to you. I mean, I've had a couple situations where I've tried to buy them, and I've offered to buy them for what they're asking for them, and they, they don't even they don't want to sell them. <laughs> right. It, it seems odd, but, you know, it it's their tractor. I mean, they have the right to do it with whatever they want to. But, um, and I, my personal opinion, and I'm sure not saying this is the gospel by any means, but I personally don't foresee it to change any time in the near future. I mean, even if things do start loosening up and some of the news does start, you know, getting shipped out and whatnot, it, it still takes a process to get it to the customer and get the yep. trade in and process the trade in. And yep. I mean, to say this is something that's going to turn around in a day or a week or even a month or even three months, I mean, that it's, it's not going to be like flipping a switch. It's yep. going to be a slow process. Yep. No, and that's exactly right, you know, and, and one thing you know, like you, like you were saying, Rob, with if, if they'll even sell it. And if, if the number is even close to making any sense, then you still got the availability thing, right. you know, which you and I personally discussed a couple of days ago. Right. It's just one thing after another, after another. And that is doing nothing but propping up the unrealistic world we're in. Yeah, it's it's very complicated, and it's I mean it's it's kind of sad to sit and say to be in the situation because you you know you don't want anybody that you work with to be upset about something, but you always it seems like with things the way they are, whenever there's a, a hiccup or a delay, which we've run into lots of delays here lately, it seems like everybody's pointing a finger at one another, but it's just it's something that's out of all of our control that right you know the supply chain's jammed up and 
the the supply's low, the demand's high, and it's it's very complicated. Exactly. Yeah. And in the in the wholesale business directly, it's typically a thirty minute process, right? I got this. Um, we'll take it. Here's the PO. We sent a wire. Truck will be there next week. Great. And that world doesn't exist right now. No, not right now. I mean, it's, and you know, it just gets jammed up for everybody because, you know, if you make a deal, you want it. It's not doing you any good until you get it in your possession to try to get it resold. And Right. You know, there's there's really no point in even trying to resell it because you really don't know when you're going to get your hands on it. <laughs> right. Yep, exactly. Yep. I, I but, think, you know, that's nobody's fault. That's just the world we live in, and you just kind of have to work with it and work around it and deal with it. And, you know, it, it kind of just feels like you can be in a vice everywhere you turn around. And then on top of all of this, you take the cost of what some of the freight is costing. It's just, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's wild. Yep. When you look at, uh, what's the best way to put this? When you take a look at what's going on out there in the marketplace and you're, and you're looking at, availability from a a from the used perspective because i mean whether you're a guy like you that deals primarily in used equipment or you're a guy like you know, where we're on our end where we're we're working for a, an actual dealership when you sit back and take a look at that how are you having that conversation with your customer when what was supposed to be there in may doesn't show up till august oh you I mean, oh, all you can do is just be straightforward and, right. and tell them the situation. And I mean, I guess you can be you can be upset and move on, or and not have it yet, or you can be real upset and still not have it. But there's, right. there's nothing to do. I mean, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You know, we were yeah. waiting on some uh, new piece of equipment to come in. We were told it was supposed to be here in February. Well, then it was April, and then it was May, and then I got a call last week and said they're missing such and such part and we don't really know when we're going to get it. Well, we had to make phone calls and tell everybody and, and you listen to it and try to smooth everything over as good as you can. But it, like, like I said, it gets back to that point of it, it makes everybody want to point fingers at everybody that really can't do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Everybody's pointing downhill and it all leads to that same container that hasn't shown up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly right. When you when you are uh so I, I guess as you as you sit back and look at the overall perspective of um this whole I mean, like you said, your dad's been doing this since the seventies. You know, look at seventy six through like seventy nine. There's got to be some pretty cool conversations that come from that. I, I, I would imagine that some of those conversations have to mirror kind of what we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean, there's times, and, you know, Dad <clears throat> talks about them too, and, you know, it's kind of hard. It, it's a little hard for me to kind of wrap my head around it just because you weren't there. But, right. you know, he always talks about history repeating itself, but I never – I. I don't ever recall a story being quite as bad as the situation. And I don't want to say bad, but, you know, as far as rapid inflation is. Right. Quite as quite as drastic as what we're in right now. And, you know, things change and, and you know, dollar figures. And, you know, when you talk about rapid inflation and talk about how a tractor went from 25000 to 
you know, to 32 or 34,000. And, you know, now it just, you just kind of shake it off. Like it doesn't mean a whole lot because dollar figures are so large with, with some of this equipment today. It's, yeah, it's mind boggling. Exactly. Some of that stuff, if you look at it from percentage, you're like, what in the hell? But at dollars, you're like, oh, whatever. We'll just roll it into this. Other. Oh, yeah. And it, oh, man. You know, it just seems so much like in the last year, year and a half, we just kind of went from, you know, looking at a, a, a good used later model tractor. Oh, yeah, it costs 200 or a little over. Well, now it's just like we made this giant leap here in the last year and a half. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Now now there's tractors out there that are 275 wholesale and they're a smoking deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a crazy spot right now to be in if you take a look at what what's happening out there and all those things. The customers that you work with right now, Rob, when you're talking to them, what are they talking to you about interest rates? I mean, cuz we're seeing some, you know, we're 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 up there in that four to depending on what you are four four and a half maybe even five percent sometimes on some of these and you start talking about the dollars that are associated with this um we don't have 18 percent interest rates like we did in uh uh you know 1980 but if you do the math on the on what 18 percent was on in 1980 and you do what five percent is on in right 2000 and 22 it's about the same number of dollars so i guess it's 18 percent on 100 grand or five percent on 500 grand. right yeah so it it, it kind of starts to work itself out a little bit there have you seen anything there where customers are like you know this interest rate i'm gonna i'm gonna keep what i got because interest rates are where they're at i guess me personally no i haven't seen a lot of that lately um and i'm not saying i haven't heard any but Honestly, for the last few months here, I haven't heard a whole lot of complaining about interest rates creeping up. And I mean, in, in all honesty, if you're truthful with yourself, we, we knew they were going to creep up a little bit. I mean, they kind of had to that it's oh, not yeah. possible to get much lower than they were. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I interest is going to go up some. I, I kind of think it has to. But to say that it's going to skyrocket and get way back up there where, where you're talking 18%, I mean, I, I don't see. I, I mean, mean, I don't want to say never. I'd never oh. say never. But, man, if that happens, I, I think everything would collapse. I mean, oh, there's absolutely. Just no way to work. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute. Could you imagine having a, an 18% interest rate on a Three hundred fifty or four hundred thousand dollar. Oh my god! Piece of equipment. Oh that, yeah, that'd be crazy. It's called farm yeah, sale. There's no way it would work. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's a. Uh, looking back on um, what we see happening out there right now, what what are your, what are some of the things that you're doing different now than you were doing this time last year? Because I mean, not much has changed between this year and last year. It's just, yeah. It, I'll put that well, out. You know, I mean, it is, but it is a isn't. little bit. I mean, Last what year at this time was the very start of the holy shit. There's nothing left. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. But you still had a little bit of time to scramble. Right. And now we're at Desperation City, capital. Right. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. I mean, just from our standpoint, with with what we do and how we operate, I would say you spend 
you devote a lot more time to trying to acquire it and trying to get the product bought, which, right. you know, before when everything was, you know, in abundance and I don't want to say easy to get because it's, it's never super easy to get, but you, you just wouldn't have to run as hard and deal with quite as many people to try to get it acquired. You could, you know, be a few places and do this and that and have your basket filled and, and then turn around and work at trying to sell it. Well, now it just seems like you devote so much time to trying to get it bought. And at the end of the day, everybody's needing inventory. Everybody's wanting inventory and the inventory's short and it just absolutely drives the price through the roof. Right. Yep. Let's talk about combines for a minute. So, I mean, combines are one of those things that Love them or hate them, mostly hate them. I mean, <laughs> T- typically. <laughs> I mean, it's, except it's, in October, <laughs> it's it's the one thing that's out there right now that it has a big difference in in the way that we do. I've tried to explain to people that combines are the catalyst of the entire used equipment marketplace. Right, whatever 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 combines are doing, tractors or not. Um, it, it, th- this is not something that is going to have a. It's one of those things. That's, it's going to have an absolute effect on the way the market responds, right? So, as you're looking at combines right now, my thought process is the difference between now and say 2012 or 2011 or any of those times at that whole time frame is that. We were selling into a, a a big pile of used equipment. Right now, we're selling into a big pile of nothing. Right? There's right. nothing there. Right? As you look at combines, yeah. what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts around that marketplace? I don't know how to answer that. I mean, my personal opinion, I I do think the combine market will strengthen between now and harvest. Um, but again, I it's kind of a lot like the rest of this equipment, you know. Yet. Farm equipment in general has, it, it, we've had inflation, everything's gotten higher. On the other hand, though, the things that have gotten really, really high is, you know, your late model, high horsepower, you know, tractors. Right. You know, that, that mediocre tractor, yeah, it's it's worth a little bit more, but it's not going to bring, you know, it. there's just not a huge demand for it. So, you know, you take your your later model, lower hour, nice combines. Yeah, I look for them to, to really strengthen. But you'll still, you, you'll always have that middle of the road that'll just kind of lag behind. And, and a lot of times that seems to be where a major glut can become in the market to where they're just, they're everywhere you see. Exactly. And I, again, I, I don't want to say they're everywhere you see at this point in time because everything's somewhat short, but you know, to, to see the gap and the spread in some of these combines, it's, it can be a little puzzling to me that, you know, uh, some of your lower, lower hour combines will bring what they do, but then you can look at one that hangs in that, you know, 17 to 2200 hours separator range that'll bring as much less as it does. But, you know, even if you went and put a pile of money in it, you still got a fairly cheap combine with a whole bunch of new parts in it. Exactly. So, um, and it's it's hard to tell where the market will go, and a lot, you know, obviously, a lot of it depends on what this grain market does too. So, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yep that that is that's the that is what everything plays off of. So yeah, but I guess to to go back to your question, yeah, I think that the the nice low hour later model machines, yeah, I look for them to strengthen probably more so than what some of your middle of the road combines will. So in my opinion, so you're not saying like. 2013 S670s are worth a buck 180,000 or anything like that. It has to be the right one. <laughs> exactly. The one that's in the pavilion. <laughs> yeah. But to Casey's you know, point, day, you know that this market the way it is, don't ever never say never because you could look like a fool in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, exactly yeah. right. <clears throat> but you know to Casey's point, the the just sheer existence of combines, even back to the, I remember when there was the big lease programs on 9600s in the 90s, you know, when I was in high school, everybody and their dog had a 9600 because you could lease it for a penny and then all of a sudden they show up and they're worth a nickel, just like the 12 and 13 S's, you know, same thing. So it it is kind of funny that combines fuel at least I, you know, I, I think Casey's spot on with that. Combines fuel so much of the wholesale side of the business. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's the thing about combines is the early indicator as to what's happening in the market, right? Right. They are the first damn thing to fall out of bed. Because the funny thing about that, you know, you go do a, you know a history lesson here real quick. If you go back and look at 2011 and 2012, I was putting four combines a month on auction. Mm-hmm. And that was the pinnacle of, of selling used equipment. And I was told, dump every damn one you can and don't go home <laughs> yeah. until they're all gone. Right. <laughs> I mean, so I think, I think that precedent has been there. I mean, I haven't been doing this for as long as, as a lot of people and, have been. And you know what the saddest part of that is? And th- this is hilarious, Rob. To think back then, all of the 300 SEP hour, 2011, 9770s, 9870s we had, mm-hmm. we should have put the sons of bitches in a shed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then sold them this year. Kept them we for 20 years and sold them, yeah. yeah. Put them on blocks, yeah. man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, that's no doubt about that. And that's that's when the one thing about the combine marketplace, I think people forget when you really step back and take a look at it is, yes, there's two things on a farm you need. And it doesn't matter what you farm. Sun and rain. Well, sun and rain. <laughs> a planter and a combine. A planter and, a, and something to harvest. harvest. Whatever that is, right? If you're harvesting cabbage, you don't want a combine. That'd be a whole. That'd be a whole thing. Well, it depends on what concaves. He'd be making coleslaw. <laughs> a lot of coleslaw coming out of that thing. But whatever that looks like, so it is. So it is the difference between those two marketplaces have always intrigued me a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, the planter marketplace. Nobody jumps up and down the screens about how bad the planter market is. Until it is awful. Until it's awful. <laughs> awful. Let like, there be let there be two combines. Guys. Let two combines show up on your lot. Holy shit, we got a combine problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's the one thing that I, I've not ever been able to like understand and wrap my head around. 
Now explain this part though. And and Rob, you can help with this because you guys do a hell of a lot of exporting. The the twenty four row planter problem, the the tens through fourteens that all got dumped from fourteen through sixteen, and the more attachments you had on there, the more you allowed for them, and the more money you lost on an auction. Yeah. Versus combines that, let's be honest, combines aren't that bright right now. They're just bringing what the hell they're advertised at. It's it's not like they're a runaway. They're just finally bringing maybe what they should instead of, ooh, even that one-year-old, it's hard to trade for because we're going to be wrong, you know? So yeah. the, the auction killed that planter glut. It killed it. It got rid of it. It disappeared. Start over. There's still... Is a twenty-four a good twenty-four row planter shortage? Even average planters, there is a shortage to some point for the CCS Seed Star. You know the good planter, right? The we, desirable one, right? We have never hit that with combines. They they're just always a problem until like last October. Right now, they're not a problem. They're just not one of the brightest spots of the ridiculous market we're in. So do you think there would be any way, because think about it, all the hundreds of combines I've sold you guys over the years, plus what we've thrown on auction, what you guys, you know, combine auctions was just puke city from 10 to 20. Why yeah. will and the amount of combines exported versus planters? They don't get twenty four row planters aren't that big of an export item like combines. So, and each farm, your average farm has one of each. So, why do you think from from your other side of the moon perspective? Why'd the planter thing fix itself, but combines never have? Well, I, I, I don't really have a great answer for you, I guess, Aaron, because we don't deal in tons of planters. Right. We deal in a few. So I'm not, we're, we are not super verse on the planter market. Gotcha. Um, the combine market, I don't know what to say, honestly. <laughs> it, uh, you know, I, I, it just, you're exactly right when you say there's there's never been a real shortage because it doesn't seem like there ever is a real shortage. You right. Know? They're just, there gets to be a glut of them and they get, obviously when there's a glut, they're harder to move and they're harder to sell and they don't bring as much money. And it, until here recently, we've never, ever ran into that. Now, like you talked about last October, yeah, there, there came a point in time there that it was tough tougher to get them and there just wasn't near as many of them out there right yeah and and that was like a like a three-month blink and holy shit right it was quick i think now obviously here that the export market i it's it's definitely taken a little bit of a hit and a little bit of a bump in the road with the whole russian ukraine deal going on i mean that i do feel that is going to affect a certain Oh, it's certain range of combines over the next few months here. Right. Quite, quite a bit. Yeah. 
that is something that the very the the whole the planner combine scenario that you just talked about. I've thought about that a lot, right? And <clears throat> it's never made sense to me because there's two things <coughs> there's two things that we sell that are niche things, right? Right. Two things from a from a large ag perspective, right? One of them is, and all you can do with it is you can plant with a planter. And then you can chop with a chopper. Right. Right. Now, you can make that same argument with a combine that you can only harvest, right? A drill. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, but that that's that's a whole different level. Like, you, you can drill alfalfa. You can <coughs> you can add a seed corn if you I mean, want. You can do a lot of different things that you're doing with that. I mean, you can a million different things. I think for me, when I, I've thought about that a lot. I do have the answer. <clears throat> All right, let me hear it. I've thought about this a lot too. Okay. And I've told you this, and this is just my opinion. Nobody walks into any dealership and buys 12 planners. There's a lot of outfits that walk into dealerships and buy 12 combines. That's true. That's true. And that's have- where the problem lies. Because there's very rarely a problem with your 250 to 300 sep hour combine. It's the one-year-old Six plus. What's the two fifties run out? Well, right, right. Up, up until then, they're the everybody the, hates the them. The only time I've ever lived in that <laughs> world was the end of last year. Right. Do you have any three hundred hour combines? No, but I have six hundred. Okay, right. that'll work. My thought process is that when you look at a planner, to your point, you're you're exactly right. There's not a a guy that starts in Wichita Falls, Texas, and makes his way to you know, Three Rivers, uh, Wisconsin. Right. Pulls into mine you off. Know, point yeah. beats. I mean, there's nobody, there's nobody doing that, right? Right. Now, that being said. That'd be cool. But you got to think about that, though. Every single farm in North America has a planner on it. Right. And a lot of those guys don't have, well, I shouldn't say a lot. That's why harvesters exist, because that guy doesn't have a combine. Right. So of some, whether it's an air seeder or a planter or a drill or whatever it is, whatever you're using to plant whatever crop it is that you it's have. It's there at the farm. Every single farm has one of those. Right. Every single solitary farm. I have a drill. Right. I have no acres. I don't want to say I don't want to say every <laughs> single solitary farm has that because that's not true. But Most. 99.97%. Right. Have have that there, right? So when you, when you're looking at that perspective and you're going through that whole concept of what that looks like, you have not every farm has a combine on it, right? Right. Now they might have an eighty-eight twenty, right? They might have a S seven ninety, right? But there's a lot of guys they that might plant. Have an X9 1100. There's a there's a there's operations and that, an that I know of and an 8800 Klaus <laughs> there, and a 9250 retro edition. There is a number of I can I can think of operations that have 10,000 acres of wheat that right. don't have a combine. Right. Right. Exactly. But they've got an air seeder. Oh yeah. You know they I mean? have three. <clears throat> so why is it? Why is it that combines? Have this 
like st- you the stigma yeah. about them you know you'd think they'd have it i mean you think planters would have that same stigma i i personally i give them the most stigma but i love and adore them because without them i don't have a job so i mean so rob i mean so think <laughs> rob think about this for a second so if you're if you're coming back in and, and thinking about the whole 2012 combine fiasco that we had or, or planter fiasco that we saw right 20 you're all right too. Combine fiasco yeah. too. <laughs> That's true. But 2011 through 2013, ahead of 2014 of that giant purge that we had. Yep. There yeah. were more combines on the marketplace than there were planters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by quite a bit. By I quite think. a bit. Right. Quite a bit. Now, the planter was the pariah for whatever reason of that marketplace. Now, it's it's because it was weird. Combine problems existed. We had three. You had a three-year run where people were taking their one-year-old planter with fifty-seven hundred acres on it and traded it in on a brand new one. And we got the shadow tracker. We got the oh, yeah. we got the baby, baby, baby. And next thing you know, at the time, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars planter was a big deal. Right today, that's like, do you want any fertilizer on that? Is that does that thing need rebuilt? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you want row units on? You, you, do you need actual row units on this? Right. You want the bar? I mean, that's where we're at now. Well, so, we had that thirty-seven price increase in twenty. So, right. I mean, so Rob, as you take a look back at that, that that's my thing with combines. It's like combines are, are have never been any more of a problem than planters have been. No, but the world is numb to it. That's the difference. When there was a planter problem, it was out of nowhere. There was well, never a problem before. Right. All of a sudden, there was, and it was all the same planner. Well, that's true. It was that's all true. these 24 yeah. rows, 12 rows you could sell, 16s you could sell, DB90s you could sell. Right. 17, 70, 24 rows were just puke city. Then the 2150s joined yeah. them, and it became this whole giant mess. Everybody's used to the combine mess from... The John Deere 12A pull type and right. Massey Harris 21A. Right. From that day forward, combines were a problem. Yep. So uh, I guess we purged 2014 to 2016. We purged every combine there was, or every combine, every plane there was on the marketplace. Right. You remember that, Rob? I remember meeting you the first time at Sinclair's auction in 2016, 17? 17. 2017. Yeah. And they were selling, I mean, they had a, a whole line of combines sold up, and they had like three three planters, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, as you take a look at that, I mean, to me, I've never understood that. I've never understood, <coughs> excuse me, I've never understood why there is a, such a, why planters have had this complete disconnect when it comes to you know, I'm saying like the Probably whole use equipment. Wiring harness, usually. Know, that's it's usually where it's at. It's, it's not the canvas. It's not the canvas issue. It's a whole other deal. But I guess, Rob, as you look at that, I mean, and you take a look at that combine marketplace, people are just, they can't wait to sell a combine at auction. But I, have, I mean, obviously, planners, planners are going to be a totally different thing right now than they were that many years ago, right? So I guess as you look at, at the planner marketplace, what's your. What's your thoughts there, and, 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 and what are you doing different now than you were? I mean, there's just not that many to have out there. 
I guess, I guess what, what well, are your thoughts there? You, it, you don't get near the, the back up or the butt with planters because, the pl- I mean, in my opinion, speaking, just a general statement is your planter today can plant so much so fast yeah. that they don't need, they don't need, they don't need to go buy 12 of them. They right. Maybe two of them. Yeah, that's true. They, yeah. yeah. So if, if you go buy, you know, two high speed planters today, that thing will plant what, what you need <laughs> eight combines to harvest. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe and that's exactly right. right. And you're exactly right. They don't make a high speed 780. And you know, a, a combine probably <laughs> gets good. such yeah. a bad rap first dog you give a lot of money for it and it's a constant money pit every year you're right you're, right and you when, use when it you, you use it a few weeks a but that's the thing about a planter too though it's not like a planter's not a money pit either oh they are i mean you start looking at everyone thinks about oh planter this time thing it's like you know what i spend i spend you know 500 bucks a row times 24 right you know what i mean you right. spend 12 grand on a but, planter you know what but I mean? the thing is with with a planter which that was the first thing we were taught in in class, machinery class. This anyway. When did you take that class? Uh-huh. I, I, I would love to take that class in college. Uh, you would have hated yeah, it. Yeah. It was way too way too tractor geek for you. It wasn't <laughs> enough about the markets and whatnot. But uh, with it, that was the biggest thing. Is they you know everybody wants the big shiny, which back then was ninety six hundred ninety six ten. Excuse me. Everybody wanted the brand new 9610, you know. We got to have a 9610. And they had a 7100 that you could, God, the row units might have three foot of play each way. Right. But, oh, well, it put the corn in the ground. Right. We just, we just got to have that shiny combine and get it out. Yep. And a lot of guys to this damn day still think that way. Now it's drastically changing because God knows there is no end no end at all ever to the amount of freaking planter attachments out there. No yeah. end. Yeah. You could have a podcast about planter attachments. There's probably eight of them, and they, oh, yeah, and they right. have and they have no repeats. Right. But and they're worthless to everybody except for the guy that wants it. Exactly. Right. Because the next guy doesn't want that. He wants something exactly. different that yeah. looks the same, but it's his idea. Right. But with a lot of guys will push that planter way further than they should but when they're in that combine seat no i'm not getting out it's got to run i know tons of guys who will fix every damn thing on a combine every year but run a planter until it's barely planting that's that's uh which would totally contradict the whole we hate planters for that little bit Mm -hmm. and they're never a problem before or after but combines always are I, to me, as as important as planters are on the farm, right? I really think they're the the most neglected thing on, out there. Yeah. What do you think of that, Rob? Oh, I would, I would agree with you. I I do agree with you. I think it's gotten probably a little bit less over these past few years. I mean, it seems like here over the last few years, planters have just. I, I mean, it's totally changed. You got to have this. You got to have that. You just you know. Right, you can't go anymore with a finger pickup and spring down pressure. It, it just won't grow anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> have the biggest, fanciest, most fabulous planter out there, and um, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I mean, it's it's everybody's own personal choice. But um, I would agree with you a hundred percent. 
but just not maybe quite as much today as it was a few years back. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Good point. So, Rob, from a uh, Rob, from a uh, use perspective, and as you start taking a look at all of the different aspects of technology and how that's playing in there, what are your customers telling you that you're working with about how, the, the kind of technology that they're looking for, or specs for that matter, on, on some of this newer stuff? Oh, it all depends who you get. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's some guys that want the latest and greatest and it's all about technology and, but, but you no, know, there's also groups of guys who they don't want nothing to do with that, you know, and, and nobody's right or wrong. I mean, that's, that's why you have new markets and used markets and so on and so forth. But, you know, you still have that guy who wants an 8410 and wants a finger pickup and spring down pressure and just simple simple and don't need all that stuff and and just just wants to farm simple you know <laughs> my f- my favorite guys <laughs> yeah i mean and you can believe it or not you probably think w- that we're completely insane but that's what our corn planter is it's it's simple you know hey, and exactly it also doesn't you know, fail you and when we when we sell the tractor that's on the planter, you pop the hydraulics out, you pull the 350 monitor out, and you switch it, and you go. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Amen. But again, that's that's just us speaking. I mean, we're I'm sure we're probably the oddball in that situation. So, well, but you know, with some of this equipment, uh, you know, another thing is is it's it's so high tech and it's so complicated. You go out and you plant that corn for two three four weeks in the spring and it goes back in the barn and the next year comes around and it, they just completely forget how to run it right. i'm guilty of oh, i it's just it's you know it's it's a lot different world than what we used to live in yeah exactly okay i got the 34 sprocket and the 38 sprocket set her down drive forward let's go that's right it. you you get a lot of people come around want to help on the farm and do this and do that and and God love them, but you know that that day don't exist anymore. This right. stuff is way complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. No doubt about it. Well, Rob, I think that's a good place to stop here for this podcast, man. If if folks want to reach out to you and talk about what you got going on there at Randall Brothers, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can either you can call anytime or you can email either one. Um, visit the website. We keep the inventory pretty well up to date. Most try to anyhow but it's always changing oh sure um yeah anything we can do to help appreciate you having me on and stay in touch in the future yeah and for my own interest they're big into muscle tractors too so they always got a lot of cool old shit what's your website rob www.randallbros.biz b-i-z right on and what's uh what's the phone number to call 419-395-1764. Right on, man. I hope to see you in uh, Nashville at the uh, Moving Iron Summit, man. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. Right on, man. So I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also go to movingironllc.com to get all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. You want to meet Rob? 
check him out, man. He'll be there. And uh, Aaron, you'll be there. So what's the best way to get a hold of you? Usually Carrier Pigeon or Pony Express, given where we live. Right. <laughs> uh, pretty active on the ag Twitter, at Aaron, A-A-Ron, Fintail. Mm-hmm. Um, also on Facebook. And call or text me. Text preferred, 308-760-1193. You can call me at 308-765-0495. Email me at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com. If you have a question for myself, Aaron, Sean Hackett, Chip Nellinger, whoever it might be, send it to me, and we will ask that question on the air for whomever that you send it for, and we'll make sure that comes across. But with that, you know, I, 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 I want to say, uh, Rob, hey, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. You guys have a good evening, evening, and uh, take care. All right, right on. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell and Rob Randall. Let's go with some iron folks. Out. Axon Tire is going to have more tips, tricks, and client advice throughout the year and in September at the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville. If you're looking to sign up for the event, please head over to movingironllc.com. We hope to see you there. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransitinc.com for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. See